Yes. Fired up. Ready for the word? Oh, come on. Ready for the word? Yes. Me too. Um, we uh, we are, are jumping into this series of uh, hearing God's voice and how different ways of hearing God's voice. And uh, I cannot wait to dig to dig in. We're going to talk about several different ways of doing that, of how to hear and discern the voice of God in our lives personally. Uh, what does that look like? Now, I, I will tell you this. The first time I remember hearing God's voice, like almost audibly to me, um, I was 15 years old at a church camp, which is why I'm big on church camp, um, and, uh, and, and I was uh, listening, and the guy that was preaching uh, was telling his story about his surrender to Jesus and how when he surrendered to Jesus that, that God called him to be a missionary and he was telling all of his stories of the jungles of Africa and what that looked like and how awesome it was to surrender to full-time ministry. And in the middle of that, I could hear God's voice audibly saying to me, Victor, will you do that? And in that moment, worship, you know, all of that, I ran to the front, prayed with this man, and said, absolutely yes. And then after the service was over, I'm walking back to the cabin going, what have I done? <laughs> I mean, I literally, less than an hour after saying yes to the voice of God, started backtracking. Come on, y'all. Right? I mean, I'm like, I'll, I'll do that as long as you don't send me to Africa. I'll do that, God, as long as, as you don't send me to some remote place that I have to eat stuff that's weird. And I, just, and I literally all night long would wake up in my sleep going, God, I'll do it, but... God, I'll, I, I really want to, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> and the voice of God would not leave me alone. Now, I was literally days away from turning 16. In the next few weeks, I turned 16 years old, and the voice of God just kept saying, Will you, would you do that for me? Would you do that for me? Would you do that for me? He wouldn't leave me alone. And finally, I was like, okay, Lord. Now I'm 16. <laughs> okay, Lord. If you want me to go to Africa, I'll go to Africa. You know, I'll do it. I'll do it. And literally days later, Herb Shreve walked into the shop where I was working on a trailer for him. And... God sent me as a 16-year-old boy to the jungles of the motorcycle world. <laughs> and that was a lot better. 
it was still the jungle sometimes, but it was my jungle. It was a jungle I was created for. It was a jungle that I loved. I rode motorcycles, had a motorcycle, and at 16 years old, hopped on a motorcycle. By the time I had turned 17, I had been in every state in the continental United States riding my own motorcycle, and that's the kind of jungle I loved. But I had to be willing to say, okay, even if it's Africa. I heard his voice so clear. But there have been times since then that I heard his voice and then realized, no, I got that one wrong. I mean, it was so clear that night. Then there was times that I've heard his voice. I've heard him say, this is what's going to happen. And it didn't happen. Come on. Anybody else? Y'all be too churchy this morning. Come on, right? Right? And, and it, it, it's a little confusing sometimes. Like, I thought I heard you. I think I heard you. But it, it didn't happen. Or the opposite of that is... When I really, really, really needed to hear from you, God, you seem silent. Where were you? Hmm. We're going to dig into some of those things over the next few weeks. But uh, I, I want us to think about this. Um, because I think hearing the voice of God speak to us is probably more important than what we say to Him. Come on. We can say a lot of things to Him, but Him speaking to us is, I believe, critical. I do. Um. Some of you remember clearly the time that you heard God's voice and he brought you out of the clay, out of the mire, out of the muck, out of your, your, your brokenness, your addiction, and he saved you. You guys remember that? You remember that? Do you remember that? Right? If you don't remember that, today's your day. All right? So you'll remember it. Um. There's, there's those times you heard his voice saying, I want to give you a brand new life. And how many of you know, he did it, right? He called you out. You heard his voice, and it was, it was clear. It was. And it has redefined who you are. But for so many people, hearing the voice of God is kind of this mystery, and, and in our culture, sometimes maybe even our church cultures, depending on your background and all of that, hearing God's voice is maybe even a little mystic. Like you got to be in the perfect place and in the perfect surroundings and with the right music and doing the right, all, all those things and it becomes a little mystic or confusing or sometimes it can even be disheartening. 
it, and it really makes us ask questions like, why doesn't God speak to me? Why can't I hear his voice? Anybody in the room ever ask those questions? Amen? Yeah, I think we all have. You know? Why can't I hear his voice? Why doesn't he care? You know? Why did I hear him say this and it didn't happen? All those things. We are going to dig into what I think is the first big step of hearing God's voice. And, and, and I believe it's like the most profound way possibly that God has spoken and that he does speak. Um, and, and I believe it's the, the way we can know God's voice very, very personally. So are y'all ready? Are you? All right, then let's jump in. I want you to write this down. Jesus is God's voice speaking. Come on. Jesus is God's voice speaking. I want you to say that with me. Ready, go. Jesus is God's voice speaking. All right, now. Let me say it like this. Now, we're going to dig it into how he speaks in the Word, so don't worry. I'm not leaving anything out, all right? We're taking a little piece today, all right? But Jesus, I'm just going to say it like this. Jesus is the starting point for hearing God's voice personally. I am convinced it starts with knowing Jesus. Jesus is the starting point for hearing God's voice. How? Personally. You can hear God's voice in his word, but I believe that you'll never really, really, really understand what God is saying until you really get to know Jesus. All right? And the reason I can confidently say that is a scripture that we have used so much over the last few months here that I just believe it carries so much weight in so many different ways. And it says this, in the beginning was the Word. That's right. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And what was the Word's name? Everybody say it with me. Jesus. Jesus. In the beginning. See, when, when John wrote that, his writers would have instantly associated John 1.1 1, 1 with Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning. Before time existed. Before or when time was created. Y'all know time is a created thing, right? He's outside of that, and that's a whole nother thing, all right? You want to talk about that, talk to Don Kelly. He can talk to you about that because it's amazing. It really, really is. In the beginning 
was the what? The word. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, the word. It's interesting. God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 3, you'll see it start where he goes, uh, God spoke, right? He spoke, and what he spoke created. The words he said. He said, light, and light happened. He said, universe, universe happened. Trees, trees happened. Are y'all with me? Animals, animals happened. Man, man happened. Are y'all hearing me? He, when, he, when he said it, it happened. His words created. And the word that created, John actually goes on to say, there wasn't anything created that was not created by the word. Oh, come on. The word created. God's spoken word created And his name is what? Jesus. That's right. I I want you to write this down because this, if you don't remember anything else, this could work in your life every day when the enemy lies to you. And write this down. The truth is God's words shape reality. God's words shape reality. The reality is, before he spoke, it was darkness, nothingness. Out of nothingness, his his words created what was tangible. Are y'all hearing me? The words (laughs) created something I can touch, taste, see, smell, It all came from his words. His words are more real than what I can touch, taste, smell, see. The reason it's more real than that is because it's out of that that what I can touch, taste, see, smell comes. Are y'all hearing me? So, so God's words shape reality. And this is important because so often what we think is true goes against his words and it should always be a check in our spirit that when i start believing something that doesn't line up with his words his words are more real than what i see oh come on his words are more reality than what i think might be true what i think the enemy said about me is not as true as what his word said about me. Are y'all hearing me? Right? Right? Are y'all with me so far or did I already lose you? Are you good? All right. All right. Um, and, and I just think that's, just hang on to that. All right? That was just a little side note. Uh, the truth is, uh, the truth is, we can know a lot about a person by what we see physically. 
In other words, we can know a lot about a person by what they do with their hands, right? He's a mechanic. I know that about him. I. Uh, he is a, um, an artist because I can see what he does physically, uh, all right? Uh, she is a, a musician. We know that because of what we can see, what we can hear. Are y'all, are y'all with me? All, all right? But we can know a lot about a person by what we see physically. But we can't really know someone personally until they speak. I want to challenge you with that. You'll really never know somebody personally until you talk to each other. Are y'all? I know that seems simple, but does that make sense? You'll never really know somebody personally until they speak. While I was writing this, the scripture jumped out at me. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, now my entire childhood, that scripture was used in a negative way. Come on, y'all. Right? Right? And I've heard so many messages about don't, 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 because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know? So if you say something ugly, it's because your heart's ugly, and I've heard all of that. All right, anybody else? Huh? Maybe I need to preach that one. I don't know. All right? So, so here's the thing. I think that scripture carries more weight and is more powerful in the positive sense. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the abundance of God's heart, he spoke with Jesus. Let that soak in. Out of the abundance of God's heart, he spoke. And when it came out of his mouth, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Like Jesus was and is... Think about this, what God is saying to us personally. Let me say that again. Like Jesus was and is what God is saying to us personally. See, John 1 says God's words have power and have purpose, and they were there from the beginning. On down in verse 14, it says this. The word became what? We've used this so much lately. It's the Christmas story, right? Right? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I have preached this hundreds of times. And I love the word of God because how many of you know, one of the proofs that it is God's word and that it is alive is sometimes you read it and you see something you've never seen before. Right? He's just like, whoa. Well, he showed me something. He showed me something. The word, Jesus, the word that spoke in the beginning, that created everything, that was God's expression to man, the word became flesh 
and made his dwelling among us. That word dwelling or even the King James uh, and other translations even say that like, like he dwelt among us or he lived or one translation says he abides among us. He came to abide with us. Um, but it's interesting. In the original Greek language, the word dwelling there, that he made his dwelling among us, that word is the word tabernacle. <laughs> tabernacle. And for John's listeners... The ones reading this that John has written, as soon as it read, the word became flesh and made his tabernacle among us. He came to tabernacle with us. Every one of his readers would have said, I remember that story back in Exodus 25. I remember that story where God told Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle for me to dwell in, to live in, to hang out in. And here's what I want it to look like. It would have meant something different. And as I was thinking about this, I love this picture, and I could so run some major rabbit trails right here because I love this picture. That I love the fact that the word that was used there was tabernacle and not temple. He could have said, The word became flesh and made his temple among us, and everybody would have understood what that meant. Because the temple was this big, beautiful, elaborate, permanent building that you could go and experience the presence of God. All right? You knew God's presence was in this temple. But he chose to use the word in the New Testament here, tabernacle. And here's why I think, you can argue with me, it's okay, all right, I may be wrong. But the reason I think he used the word tabernacle is for us, right now in 2024, tabernacle's better than temple. You're like, well, his presence was in both places. Yes. See, I like tabernacle because it relates a little bit more to me. It wasn't that pretty. It was curtains with wooden posts. Right? And God's presence was there. But the beautiful thing about tabernacle was it was mobile. It was mobile. The tabernacle went with them everywhere. Isn't that cool? He came to not just move into a house down the street and we could come visit. Are y'all hearing me? 
He didn't come to stay in a temple. He came to tabernacle with us. To tabernacle with us. And what was the tabernacle? It was where his presence was. That during the night, the Shekinah glory, the pillar of fire, protected. Nobody going to attack when there's this flaming fire right out of this place like no way. It was protection. It was light. During the day, it was, it was a cloud, right? It was when the cloud starts moving, that's the direction we're supposed to go. Are y'all hearing me? That's what he wants. That's who Jesus. I want you to think about this. Jesus is for us the tabernacle. Come on. Jesus is for us the tabernacle that wants to go with us, lead us, and guide us. And I mean, I love this, that the word became flesh and wants to tabernacle with us. Hmm. Once you think about it like this. Jesus was God's language taking human form. And if you'll let that soak in, it'll mess you up. That, that Jesus was God's language. What language does God speak? <laughs> he speaks the Jesus language. Come on. It was his words that became flesh. Come on. Right? What language? Well, he speaks the Jesus language. God's ultimate word in the flesh is Jesus. And the word, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and what? Follow me. Right? My, my sheep, they know my voice and they follow me. So write, write this down. Truly hearing God's God personally begins with knowing Jesus. And I'm going to say that like 10 times today. Uh, all right? That truly hearing God personally begins with knowing who? Jesus. That's right. To know him is to know what God is saying to me. And how many of you know that's great news? Oh, come on. How many of you know that's great news? Yeah, it's Jesus, God speaking to us, and it is great news right up until it isn't. You're like, what, what are you talking about? The truth is, many of us struggle to hear his voice because we want to hear God speak. We want to hear his voice talk about love, forgiveness, acceptance. We want to hear what he has to say as long as it lines up with what we want. <laughs> right? Let me, let me say it like this. You can write this down. We desire his voice when it works for us. <laughs> right? Come on. Anybody else in the room? 
I love hearing the voice of God when he confirms what I think. When he confirms what I want to do. Come on, right? I love, I heard God say, you're supposed to date me. You know, you're supposed whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. We desire it. We desire his voice when it's convenient. Anybody else? Yeah. But when his voice conflicts with what we feel or what we want, we really don't want that. Anybody besides me? Right? Right? Here's what I want to challenge you with this morning is it is possible that we would want his words and don't want him. And it's also the flip of that. It's possible to want him but not want his words. And I think in this room we have probably both. And you're like, what, what do you mean? Well, we like what Jesus said, what he taught, you know, what his words say about love and equality and social issues, what it says about going to heaven. How many of us, we, we like all that, come on, right? We like that stuff. But, but we don't want the person of Jesus to get so, we hold, we love all of his teachings, but we hold him out here because we don't want him to see who we really are. Oh, come on. Right? We don't want him to get too close because then it might confront something in me that needs to change. And we wonder why we can't hear his voice. It's because we're holding him out here. Right? We like all those good stories about him. But see, the problem is if I embrace him, if I let him in as a friend, as the voice of God speaking to me, I have to, let's face it, the only really good relationships in our lives are those that we've opened up and allowed ourselves to be vulnerable in. Right? And some of us struggle with earthly relationships, and so we struggle with a God relationship or a Jesus relationship. Because maybe, maybe we struggle, we, we, we like what he says, but we don't want him too close because maybe, maybe somebody beat us up with Jesus. It happens all the time. Where people use what Jesus said for their agenda. Oh, come on. Two seconds on Facebook, you'll find it. Right? Or, or maybe in rela earthly relationships, every time you've opened yourself up, you got hurt. 
And so deep down inside, whether you've recognized it or not, deep down inside, I'm afraid to be vulnerable because he might hurt me. It's true that we could want what he said, but really not want him to get too close. It's true. Because how many of you know, there's, it's very different in embracing somebody or reading about them on a page. Come on. Very different. Or, or maybe, I know there's some in the room. I'm not going to point you out this morning, all right? I'm going to give you a chance to repent first, okay? So, but, but there are some in the room this morning that the opposite is true. You love hanging out with Jesus. You love hearing his voice in worship. Oh, this is awesome. I love the goosebumps. I love to know his presence. I love to know Jesus as a friend that I can talk to and I can tell him anything. And he's just going to love me. But when it comes to all of his words, eh. when it comes to what he says about, so clearly what he says about sex and sexuality, eh, I, don't, I don't want that Jesus. When it, when it comes to what he says, I mean, I want his friendship. I want the goosebumps. I want all that, but... When, when he talks about loving your enemies, uh, maybe not. Giving sacrificially, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I really don't want that Jesus because that Jesus doesn't fit my lifestyle. That Jesus was for then. He's not culturally relevant anymore. He's not progressive enough for us today. So we want God's voice in our life, but we want it to say, we want him to say when, or we want to say when and how much. We want to regulate it. Anybody in the room would confess, I like being in control. Come on, raise your hands. I like being in control. And I'll hold your hands up. Now, if there's somebody around you that's not holding their hand up, look at them and go, liar! I live with you. I know you're lying. Come on. Right? <laughs> we want to hear God's voice in our lives, but we really want to say when that happens and how that happens. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I do. Just being honest. We love and want to experience having his voice, but we want to pick and choose when and what he says. Right? We really do. I, I heard this quote, and I'm going to start wrapping things up, all right? I'm going to get you out early. Somebody say amen, all right? All right. Um, I heard this quote, and it says, Hearing God 
is about moving from talking about God or at God or even talking to God. And it's about us moving toward talking with God. Talking with Jesus. See, hearing God's voice is about embracing the person and his words. You cannot have intimacy with somebody that you're not willing to embrace all of who they are. There will always be a wall there. There will always be until you're willing to embrace all that they are. That it's not going to be as good as it could be. And so many of us, we don't hear God's voice because we're really used to talking at Him or to Him. Instead of relating to Him as Jesus, God's Word, God's language given to me. God's language given to me has a name. God's voice to me starts with a name, a person. And the more I know him, the more I know what he's saying. I love it. I, I, I grew up so frustrated in the church. Because they painted this picture of, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Do what Jesus did. And I'm a teenager going, he was perfect. And then they would say, be like Jesus, but really just do your best. Isn't that how we walk out sometimes? Just go do your best. And then it hit me. I was actually riding my motorcycle one day, and it hit me. I can truly be like Jesus. A hundred percent. Because what did Jesus say? Jesus said, all I do is what my daddy tells me to do today. That's all I do. I just do what dad says. I want you to know, when you get to know the person of Jesus and you let him speak, the weight comes off because all I need to do today is what the voice of God told me to do today. What my best friend Jesus said daddy wants today. Are y'all hearing me? And do I do that every day? No. <laughs> I don't. But I can. It's not unattainable to just every day go, Jesus, the word the word that became flesh, the word that made reality out of nothing. 
Jesus, what's daddy saying today? Don't let me miss what daddy's saying today. I want that. I want that. Hmm. I'm going to say it one more time. Hearing God's voice personally starts with knowing Jesus. Not knowing about him. Knowing him. Knowing him personally. We can know him historically by a written book, but that's not to know him personally. We can even know him because we know somebody that knows him personally and they can tell us all the stories and we still not know him personally. The first step in knowing him personally is going, Jesus, I'm Victor. It's meeting him. The first step in knowing him personally is going, Jesus, (laughs) I'm Victor and I have screwed this up and I need you. That's the first step. Or maybe you're in the room and you just need to say, you know what? Jesus, I'm sorry. I I am embracing all the good words that you've taught. But I've kept you out here. Because I'm kind of afraid of what you're going to see when you come in here. Or maybe you're the opposite. You're like, Jesus, forgive me. For embracing who you are and all that you can do for me. But rejecting the words that don't line up with what I like. Because either of those scenarios can dull your ears to hearing and knowing Him. Maybe you need to return to Him. Or maybe you need to surrender to Him for the first time. Maybe you need to start the relationship. I want you just to close your eyes right where you are. And if you're in the room this morning and you're like, you know what? I've never really started the real relationship with Jesus. I've never given him myself, surrendered myself so that he could forgive me, so that he could come into my life and talk to me, give me new life. I've never really surrendered that. I've never asked him to make me new, but I want to. And if that's you, right where you sit, I just want you to just talk to him like you would a friend. Just say, Jesus, my name is I invite you to come in. I invite you to come into my mess. I thank you that you paid the price on the cross to pay for all my mess, all my sin.
I accept your forgiveness. And I repent. I turn around. And I'm going to pursue a relationship with you more than all the other junk. I'm walking toward you now. If that's you, I just want you to look at me. If you just prayed that prayer, just look at me. I just want to catch your eyes. All right? Around the room. Yeah. There's a few of you. Yeah. Maybe this morning you're just saying, you know what? I realized as you're talking that I, I, I like the words Jesus said, but I've never really opened up personally. If, if that's you, I want you to look at me. Say, yeah, I, I like what he says, but I've never really given him space. Yeah, man, I appreciate your honesty. That is so good. So good. Or, or, or maybe where you are is you're like, you know what? I, uh, I love embracing him in worship and all of that. But I've really pushed back on the words that he said that I don't like. And I want to repent for that this morning. If that's you, I want you to look at me. Just go, yep, I I love that. I love that part. I love being with him. But man, Jesus, I want to embrace. And maybe that's what you just tell him. Jesus, I just want to embrace what you say as well as who you are. I can't separate the two and really have a relationship. So Holy Spirit, just meet us where we are. Change us that we're not just hearers of the word, but we go out of here and live it out. We give you praise as you speak to us, as we learn to hear your voice, the voice of Jesus that loves us. We give you praise. Amen? Amen?